the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Bonjour, Ridiculous Historians, and welcome to the show. We'd like to begin by giving a profound and sincere thank you to Napoleon Bonaparte, who has done so much for this program. Yeah, man. He, you know, he taught us how to love again. He taught us uh, that rabbits can be a threat. He taught us that a little bit of chutzpah goes a long way. Yeah, he taught us about the inherent beauty of a swan-like neck and a luxurious ringlet-filled mane. Yeah, we are going to talk about uh, one of Napoleon's officials who epitomized that. But first things first, I'm Ben. I'm Noel. And we are joined with our super producer, Casey Pegram. Give it up for him, folks. I don't know why I sound so downtrodden when I said that. I was just trying something new, trying a new cadence, you know? I don't know. And sometimes we need to try new and unorthodox things when the traditional methods aren't quite working, or even when we need something new. Ben, your mastery of the segue never ceases to amaze balls me. That's very kind, man. Thank you for saying so. Our story today takes place during the Napoleonic Wars. Oh, boy. You know those Napoleonic Wars. It was that conflict that lasted from around 1803 till 1815 where Napoleon – it was like Napoleon versus the world mm-hmm. or at least Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had overthrown the – during the revolution, the French revolutionary government and installed himself as grand high conquering emperor of France. And, you know, he had designs on extending that title to as much of the world or the the lands that he could get to as humanly possible. And whomever it was that gave us a shout out for calling it a mixtape of European powers Voltroning together. That was you, dude. You said that. You said that. We're a team. No, dude. I mean, I'm I'm glad to be part of your Voltron, but you are clearly the head. Oh, no, no, no. We're a team. And if we were 
If we did have a hierarchy, I think we could both agree Casey is the head. I am. No, no, no. I am the left shoulder. Casey is like the torso or maybe the sword. And you, sir, are the head. The reason I like the comparison of Casey being the head, and I appreciate this, but the reason I like the idea of Casey being the head is because, folks, the podcast you are hearing now has been spun from straw into gold by That's, our super producer. Oh, well, I think it's a it's a team effort there as well. <laughs> We're all kind of spinning straw into gold, but Casey in particular uh, works magic. He's a magic mouseman. <laughs> yes, there we go. I like that. And our story today is uh, similar in terms of spinning straw into gold. It takes place on the 13th of November in 1805. So just a couple years into this uh, yeah. this massive conflict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a couple years into this conflict that will continue until 1815 for 10 more years, right? Mm -hmm. There are two marshals in Napoleon's forces, and they are battling Austrians near a town called Spitz, which is located on the Danube River. Yeah, which is, I believe, near Vienna, and uh, you said this was in Austria. So they were fighting the Austrian forces, who were, were no slouches. They were pretty intensely good at, at, at war and yes. at defending their, their territory, right? So, um, as you said, the French were uh, being led by these two marshals. One of them was named Jean Lannay. Casey? Cool. Jean Lannay. Jean Lannay. Casey on the case. I like Jean Long. It's great. Who's the next guy? The next guy, I think I got this one. No, I don't yeah. think I got this one. Joachim Murat. Murat. Murat, oh, that's Murat. clear. Murat. Murat. Oh. And Joaquim, is it Joaquim? Joaquim? Joaquim. Yeah, Joaquim. I don't know. Casey? I think in the in French it's uh, Joaquim, 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 Murat. Joaquim, something like that. Yeah, Joaquim. Yeah. Okay. I think they, yeah, the, the J is a little more uh, apparent. A little okay. more pronounced. Joaquim Murat. Okay. Double, Casey double, on the case. Double time. Double time, Casey on the case. Right, and this dude, actually, he was Joachim Napoleon Murat. Yes, Dash Napoleon Murat. Isn't it funny that he got the guy's first name as a weird little sub name for marrying <laughs> his sister, Caroline? Mm -hmm. You'd think he would have gotten a Bonaparte hyphenate in there, but no. no. No, sir, he got a Napoleon in there. Now, let's talk a little bit about these guys before we get to their adventures. So, yeah. uh, at first, it looks like they're not going to have a great day. Tensions are running high. Uh, Joachim Murat, or... Giochino Morat uh, was born in 1767, and he became one of Napoleon's most celebrated marshals. As a matter of fact, after this day that we discuss in today's episode, he later becomes the king of Naples. He was the son of an innkeeper. Unlike Drake, he actually did start from the bottom. He studied briefly for a career in the church, but he enlisted in a cavalry regiment in 1787, and when war broke out in 92, he was rapidly promoted. And when Napoleon was trusted with suppressing a royalist insurrection in 1795, Marat joined up, and Napoleon liked him so much, and specifically his contribution in bringing cannon to bear, won him a place as an aide-de-camp to Bonaparte for the Italian campaign in 1796-97. So by the time 1805 rolls around, this guy is seasoned, and we don't want to judge people on appearances, but I think the three of us can agree 
This guy has some amazing portraits of himself. Well, they all do. All of these French military uh, dignitaries were super well-dressed. Mm. In, in these outfits, they just don't seem very functional for right. battle. Super garish. He was also a real smoke show. His He looks like a hair commercial. Oh, I know. It looks like a commercial for product. Mm -hmm. for, for like Claire, a home perm kit or something. I was know? thinking clear all herbal essences, uh, neither of which are sponsors of our show. We're just making a comparison. But we'll take it. But we will take it. If you are listening, Claire all herbal essence. Or maybe some kind of relaxer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, some kind of perm kit. But he and his compatriot, his fellow marshal, Jean Lon, he was born in 1769, and he would go on to become one of Napoleon's most prized generals. Napoleon, when speaking of Jean Lon, famously once said, I found him a pygmy and left him a giant, which is a, a very self-aggrandizing way to look at somebody's success. Well, that's also kind of interesting considering what people say about Napoleon's height, you know, as though he was able to lift men up from small stature to giantude. Mm -hmm. Which we did establish was British propaganda. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah. I don't know. I choose to still like to believe it. He, he wasn't actually extraordinarily short. I told a friend of mine that I was doing an episode, we were doing an episode of Napoleon today, and she sent me a gif of uh, a cartoon of Napoleon riding a very, very small horse, mm -hmm. looking very sad. The horse, not Napoleon. Yeah, it was one of the most... Uh, effective propaganda campaigns in Western history. So back to this day, November 13th, 1805. Jean and Joachim are guiding their forces, as, as you said, Noel, on their way to Vienna, but there's a very important bridge that they have to cross. It's yeah. the Tabor Bridge. The Tabor Bridge or Tabor Bridge? I don't know. I'm, I'll go with that. I, I, I support that. Um, listeners, don't don't bother writing us in with your particular pronunciations of it. Unless you really feel strongly about it, we might, I don't know, it'll still annoy us. That's fine. We love you, though. We love all of you, each and every one of you. Casey's uh, pronunciation corner real quick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just so I get it out there, the pronunciation would be Mara more than Marat. Okay. Ah. But, but because you always run into these situations where everybody says it a certain way in English, so you kind of get used to saying it that way. Totally. And it's kind of obnoxious in a way if you say Murrah in, uh, in an otherwise English language oh, sentence. Okay. That's right. That's right. But we, we also were kind of putting yeah. on some slightly affected yeah, French yeah. accents. But so. is it, it's okay. So it's, is it at the level of uh, pretension uh, that going into Taco Bell and ordering a quesadilla would be? <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> Surely yeah, it's not yeah, that bad. Not. Yeah. Okay. While we still have you, Casey, um, what about the bridge? Is it in France or is it yeah, in? Yeah, it's in France. No, it's in, it was in Vienna. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Casey on the case adjourned. Yeah. Casey's uh, jurisdiction is only in French. That's right. French regions. Yeah. So, but still, thank you for showing up. And thank you for doing the right thing and recusing yourself. You know, that's very honest. As the resident uh, little German boy of the podcast, I would like to throw my dice behind Tabor. Tabor. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these guys, Lan and Murat, see this bridge, and they know that the Austrians, their forces being eminently experienced and very well aware of the importance of the bridge, they know that these enemy forces may destroy the bridge entirely unless they do something. And they can't do the usual Napoleonic tactic of running up there in mass because the bridge will just get destroyed that much more quickly. So instead, these two guys, and this is great, these two guys decide to run a con job. They don't run up with the forces, you know, banners and guns blazing, somebody drumming behind them and all that jazz. Instead, they walk up to the bridge casually, 
a little bit of a a little bit of a stroll and they're waving a white flag right and they've just got a small group of uh, a small group of people with them. A little envoy, mm-hmm. right? And let's, lest we forget that the the uh, the Austrians had the bridge rigged to blow already. Right. There were like fuses like at the ready mm-hmm. so that they could like, you know, send this thing uh, into, the, into the river. Upon first sight or Upon first Upon first word. sight because they knew and they were instructed by their, uh, their commander, who was a guy named Karl Osberg, to defend their territory at all costs and not let the French cross the bridge. So they were prepared for this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this nice little uh, subterfuge going on here. They just kind of sauntered across the bridge, like you said, waving this white flag of retreat, of truce, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of truce. And this is commonly understood to mean that there will be some sort of parley, some sort of conversation rather than a conflict. And they meet, you know, the Austrians at this point are dumbfounded. They're thinking, what's happening? They already have their adrenaline pumping. They're ready to fight. And then these two French marshals, they say, oh, guys, funny story, quick update. An armistice is about to be signed, meaning we'll enter into a a time of peace. And due to the negotiations, this bridge actually belongs to uh, French forces, and we're on the way to make it official with your boss, Carl. I, I do just want to say, too, that it's also possible that the Austrians were just taken aback by the sheer sex appeal of these two French generals. Oh, with the flowing locks. With the flowing locks, they're sauntering down these bridges. And by the way, the Tabor Bridge, it was not just one bridge. It was a series of bridges. There were right. three bridges, Important. and the first two were set to burn because they were on they were wood, I imagine. And then the third one was actually rigged with munitions, the third one being the one closest to, to shore or to, mm-hmm. to land. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. 
Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, um, oh, I love this. The guy named Ausberg, by the way. Ausberg, I believe is how you would pronounce it. Um, this is his, his uh, title was Field Marshal Lieutenant. Yes, all one word. All one word. I love these long German compound words. They're great. And he was also not around when this happened. So the Austrians in charge, and as you said, Noel, it's a series of bridges. Uh, they were going for the main bridge that crosses the Danube most directly. Carl is not around at all. And while the marshals are sort of vamping and convincing these folks that, hey, we don't have to fight. An armistice is pretty much official at this time. Let's, let's all chill a little bit. While they're, while they're doing all this uh, smoke and mirrors, their actual French troops are sneaking slowly toward the bridge as Lon and Marat are walking across the bridge with the Austrians. Yeah, because these guys are kind of a little bit dumbfounded. They were sort of taken aback by this. They're trying to confirm these reports. It's not like they have any kind of mobile communications technology. Right. They're obviously running couriers or, or sending, a sending a runner. They had, yeah, of course. So they had to hop to and, and find out if this was true. And that's why it was such a tactical feat of genius um, because they literally just kind of confused them to the point where they weren't paying attention and they were able to get their guys pretty casually across the bridge. It's got this kind of Ocean's Eleven vibe. Very much so. It's like a bridge heist. Yeah, in terms of the con. So 
things do get sticky. They don't completely go according to plan because as they're waiting, as the marshals are waiting for the French troops to get close enough to the bridge to make a difference in the fight or save it from being destroyed, one Austrian sergeant decides that he does not buy this tale. Smart man. Yeah, that this is all cockamamie, that if it's too good to be true, that usually means it is. It's a real cock and bull story. And so this guy surreptitiously begins to, uh, or, or starts to light a fuse, or tries to. He's got matches in his hand. He's about to just blow the bridge up. Yeah, and doesn't our boy Murat uh, just, just daintily snatch it from him? Oh, uh, it was Lon. Excuse me. Yeah, Jean Lon. Yeah, Jean Lon. Uh, so Jean Lon uh, snatches the match from this guy's hand, and he says, you know what, pal? A truce has been signed, and that means that you're destroying public property because we're not in an act of war. And if you try that one more time, I will have you arrested, off to prison with you. So we've talked about these munitions that were rigged to, you know, blow up the bridge diehard style. Um, but they had, they had some other stuff guarding their side of the bridge, these Austrians, didn't they, Ben? They had some heavy weapons. Yeah, they had an artillery force uh, with cannon and the cannons were preparing to fire on the grenadiers who were standing behind the marshals. Now, by the way, I just want to clarify this with you, Ben. Were grenadiers wielders of grenades, or is this just another name that was pre-the invention of the grenade? Because that seems like a little bit more of a modern device to me. They were specialized soldiers that were first established, I guess, in the mid to late 17th century, 1600s, for throwing grenades. That's what they did. They were usually going to be the strongest and largest soldiers because they could throw the farthest. That's right. So the grenades, more or less as we know them today, were definitely used during the Napoleonic conflicts, during his era. At least the basic principle. The basic principle. So maybe, maybe more along the line, maybe a little bit less, uh, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of moving parts in a grenade. It's sort of just like a, a metal piece of dynamite with a fuse Mm-hmm. More or less, right? Yeah. Pull, throw. Yeah. yeah. Release the, the whatever, the latch. The Krakens. Is. Yeah, the Kraken, <laughs> please. Um, so these, there's a, there's a really amazing account where, who is it? Is it Murat or, or Long who distracts one of the cannon operators by Lol. straddling the cannon? I'm picturing it in a slightly come-hither way. I don't know why. <laughs> as, as if he, like, laid on it as though it were a grand piano, you mm-hmm. know? And, like... I don't know why. Yeah, so the grenadiers are on the other side of the bridge still, or they haven't walked all the way across it at least, and Jean Long sees the artillery about to fire on the French forces. And so, as you said, he hops on the cannon and uh, just lights a pipe and starts oh, yeah. smoking. See, see, again, picture him just kind of like straddling the cannon, crossing his legs, pulling out his pipe, and just never like breaking the man's gaze, lighting his pipe and just being like, what? Doing a basic instinct? Doing a bit of a basic instinct. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am picturing that. Um, and I'm sticking to it. That's, that's what my imagination says, and that's what I'm saying out loud. And so here's where Marat comes into play. This really is a two-person con. So there are several sergeants there, and the sergeants are you know, going to be battle-tested, and they typically are going to be a little bit better at seeing through a ruse or uh, discerning a tactic And one of the sergeants continues saying, look, this is a trick. Do not trust these uh, evil French forces. 
These guys are clearly doing a snow job on us. And then Marat says to the Austrian officers, you guys going to let an enlisted man talk to you that way? I don't know how it works in the Austrian army, but uh, we don't tolerate that as French officers. So I don't know what kind of what kind of circus you all are running here. These dudes' powers of persuasion and distraction are second to none, my friend. <laughs> second to none. This is this is fabulous stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Austrian officers are like Murat goes on. We don't know exactly what he says, but he goes on for a little while and he's dressing down the officers because he's like horrified and offended on their behalf. And so eventually the officers are so, I guess, ashamed and humiliated. Or like in a tizzy or something. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, officers see each other as equals, right? So they're essentially screwing up uh, by allowing this insolence to occur. And so they order that sergeant arrested and imprisoned. And can you imagine being that poor Austrian sergeant? You know you're correct. You know it's a trick. And now you're going to jail. This whole thing plays out like one of those episodes of Bugs Bunny where he convinces someone like he's a a girl rabbit or whatever just to like get his way. Or he poses in some disguise and is able to gaslight some poor hapless sap like Elmer Fudd into Mm -hmm. like doing just the thing he needs him to do to have him win the day. Does this not strike you as that? Like it's just these these Austrians and it's going to come around to haunt them acted in, in just utter incompetent ways that just mm-hmm. defy any kind of logic. So all I can do is I, c- I can only assume that these guys were not complete and utter idiots. You know, the Austrian army had a good reputation for, for having their, their stuff together, but they were no match for the wits of these two Frenchmen, were they? Right, exactly. And so at this point, they're still trying to convince all the Austrians. An armistice has been reached. It's, it just happened so recently that you guys haven't heard of it. Again, implying something might not be great with your army. And at this point, another Austrian officer arrives and they do the whole dog and pony show again. An armistice has been signed. This bridge belongs to France. It's public property. We're not at war. What's the big hubbub? Yeah, and if you blow this bridge up, then you're liable for destruction of public property. Yeah. You dolts. You're essentially a terrorist. This is gaslighting 101, dude. Or no, it's not even 101. This is advanced level gaslighting. This is this is high intermediate at the very this is, least. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a real a real ship show here, Ben. Yeah, and gaslighting is just for anyone who is fortunate enough not to have known that phrase beforehand. Gaslighting is when you deceive or manipulate someone by making them think that they are crazy. That's right. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com. 
where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So what does this officer do, this new on the scene officer, when he learns the news? Well, I mean, at this point, they really need an adult in the room. <laughs> right. You know, they really need to consult with the grown-up. So he runs to get uh, Ausberg, uh, the uh, field marshal lieutenant, mm -hmm. um, who was, it was in command, but seemingly a bit of an absentee commander. Um, so they really needed to consult with this guy because they were just running around like chickens with their heads cut off at this point. Mm -hmm. And the French forces now, they're still approaching. Austrians have no idea what to do because it's a cost-benefit thing. If it really, if there really is an armistice, then they are in deep, deep fudge if they, uh, if they shoot at these French forces. This is like a who's on third kind of like situation. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. And the, the French soldiers have been told by the marshals, like right before they went off on this crazy con job, they've been told, guys, just walk forward like nothing's wrong. Just like walk forward like you're not in a war. I just think it's so incredible that, like, all the information they're getting is coming from the enemy. Yes. All of it. And they're acting on it as though it's, like, you know, to be believed. And, and, the, and the one guy, the one guy 
who said, hey, maybe we should slow our roll a little bit yeah. and, like, you know, take a couple steps back and think on this. He gets arrested and, like, put in the stocks or whatever by his own people. Yeah. This is some some Bugs Bunny malevolence right here, my friend. And I'm picturing this uh, Benny Hill soundtrack playing softly under a lot of this. Sure. I'm just picturing these these Austrians just running around, like, juggling stuff and just, like, tripping over each other and just, like, falling for days all on this bridge. Yes, and we have to mention, too, this, this stuff, once it begins happening, once these two guys walk up with their forces, it happens in pretty quick succession. I think this could have been – this could be, like, a sitcom episode, like, yeah. like one, one episode. Yeah. I think that's about how long – it could have, in real time, play out as, like, a 25-minute uh, television sitcom. Why don't we just do a season – of various hilarious things from the Napoleonic Wars, get Larry David to write it, and then put it on HBO. Hey, can't you picture the part where Napoleon and his dudes are getting swarmed by the bunnies, and it's just dun 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 It's like, Exactly. I think that's perfect, especially Benny Hill and Larry David work on, and, and Seinfeld works for this too, <laughs> because as the forces from France march onto the bridge, they actually get on the bridge, they're being super chill about it. Everybody's being cool. They're just strolling up there, sauntering, uh, maybe a sachet or so for anyone who uh, was a, a suppressed actor. And as they're walking up, the Austrians are are panicking. They're realizing we're not at war. Uh, hip, hip, hooray, kalu, kalay, what a wondrous day, and so on. And they start physically throwing all the explosives that they had prepared for blowing up the bridge into the Danube. They just threw him away. Get them out of the way. The French are coming. We're friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really ill-advised. So, so Carl shows up. Oh, I man. love calling him by his first name. Yeah. Carl. 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 Carl, get over here. <laughs> There's, we're done. We have an armistice. So Carl shows up, and he sees the French marshal and all their forces on the bridge. He sees his own men throwing away all the explosives. And Carl looks around and he goes, huh, well, it must be true. They've got so far with this. You know, it's I, clearly this, I mean, this is good news for us, right? Really? You think he thought that? You think he wasn't just immediately outraged? He No, he thought it was true. And so he handed the bridge over to the marshals. Not a shot was fired in the entire thing. Oh, God. But then immediately after handing over the bridge, they became prisoners of war. The French took them prisoner. And they're like, wait, what? Wait, what? no. Whoa, no, what? wait, what? 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 Huh? <laughs> Casey, can you cue up that, uh. That curbed music again. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So what happened afterwards, Noel? What I mean, because Napoleon's not on the scene at all. He's not on the scene. But yeah, Napoleon had nothing but praise to heap on his uh, brother-in-law, uh, old Joachim Napoleon Murat. And uh, he had a really cool nickname for him, by the way, which was the first horseman of Europe um, and his compatriot, uh, Jean Lan. Um, and he basically said that they had achieved a, a feat of strategy and that he was very proud of them. And they were good little boys. And he gave them a pat on the head and, uh, you know, probably some kind of military commendation. Mm -hmm. Who's to say? Um, the Austrian side did not fare quite so well in terms of the praise that was heaped upon them because there was none. Right, right. There was not any. It's a great story. But, uh, yeah, you, you can only imagine the ignominy of that. And Carl himself is later court-martialed. 
convicted of negligence, rightly so, cashiered and stripped of all his honors. Later, he is pardoned and actually reinstated. So this hilarious mistake did not follow him for all of his days. I don't know, man. I feel like it probably did. That's a pretty embarrassing thing to have been in charge of. Yeah, hopefully he learned uh, better critical thinking skills. Yeah, well, he wasn't even there, right? right. Like all he this came happened. later. He came later, and he... You would have thought that he could have put it together, but it's just, I cannot believe that these French guys outsmarted their enemies at literally every possible turn in this story. Yeah. And then, Smooth. Oh, I can't get over the one guy that was like, wait, but, but, but. <laughs> it's like the kid in the horror movie that knows there's yeah. a monster, but yeah. no one will believe him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or the, the one person who gets called crazy in the first third of a horror movie. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I can't get over just the the sheer amazing confidence and as someone who does comedy outside of the studio here i'm very impressed with their improvisational skills they were just yes anding their way to victory yeah that's a good way of putting it we should have put that as uh, the subtitle of the episode hey that's not a bad idea Noel. yeah let's do that and this concludes our most recent installment of hilarious stories from the Napoleonic Wars. There's a lot of them, man. I'm excited to get get into some more. Surely, mm. surely we have not exhausted them yet. Yeah, true. Let us know what other strange and funny war stories you have found, especially if they involve Napoleonic shenanigans. In the meantime, well, we do hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, we want to give a big thanks to uh, Casey Pegram for once again saving the show. And our immortal souls. And Noel's immortal soul. I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have spoken. I shouldn't have lumped you in. Well, I, had a, I, I got this ongoing negotiation. That's fair. Uh, we also want to thank our uh, recurring guest and research associate, Christopher Hasiotis. Yeah, man. He pitched at us uh, earlier about making that thing a regular occurrence. And I uh, want to bring it up to you right now. Uh, I think it's a golden idea. Yeah, I already wrote back to him. Cool. And said this said much the same. Yeah, good, good. So, so we're in agreement, my yeah, friend. Yeah, so we are in agreement. And uh, we hope that you agree it would be fun to check out our other stuff on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, and I, I swear, Ben, on all of our shows, we need to, you know, we need to follow the lead of our, our, our pals in L.A. who do a much better job of maintaining their own uh, social media accounts. You know, they got mm-hmm. the stories, they got the gifts, the boomerangs and stuff. We need to do more of that. I, 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 I'm going to throw down the gauntlet right now and pledge that we're going we're gonna to try to start doing that. You know, if we don't follow through, don't hold it against us too harshly. But, you know, I want to change. I want to be better. Got to be the change. Yeah. Do we have anything else we're supposed to mention? I don't think so. I mean, we, oh, we th- do, th- we, thanks for, to Alex. Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat, who uh, did not work on this episode, I believe, but is uh, a font of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to you, Benjamin, for that dapper checkered shirt you're wearing today. Thanks to you, Noljamin. You have a nice shirt as well. I do. You're right. Thank you, Ben. Casey, can I see your shirt? Just lean away. Yeah, Casey's killing it, too. He really is. And I think we're all going to go and have a drink and a bite of food at our local haunt after we wrap up here because we are, in fact, real friends. This isn't just a show. Yeah, we do hang out an inordinate amount of time. We probably spend more time with each other than we do with our girlfriends. I don't have a girlfriend. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. I'm working on it. All right. Well, uh, that's it until next time. So stay tuned. The end. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. 
Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.